There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And if things were really going wrong, he'd just bring the goal down and snap the crossbar in half. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, a weekly podcast from Monday Our Magazine that aims to ignore the endless news cycle and talk about the areas of football that you love and have probably forgotten. We know we have. Joining me today are Monday Our co-founder, Sebastian White, wearing a, a rather fetching number we'll talk about in a minute. Seb, a non-league man, a Yeovil fan, a Hampton and Richmond fan, a Man United fan, fan of a lot of teams, a general fan of football. Sat next to him, producer Tommy Stewart, looking very much like Fabian Bartes, actually, um, which we'll get to. And then last and again, never ever least in my eyes, looking splendid, James Bird, uh, Monday Our Features editor, a writer. A footballer, a bad first touch, good good second touch, an angry footballer. And if you don't know Mundale, we are we're a magazine, we are social channels, we are documentary makers, we are uh, good in the pub sometimes, we're good on social. The magazine is obviously what we're known for, but we've done all sorts of stuff over the years. Um, we're really enjoying this weekly show. If you're returning, thank you for coming back. And if it's your first one, we hope you enjoy This week is a goalkeeper special. The reason why is it coincides with the launch of issue 26 of Mundial, which is a celebration of goalkeepers. The cover story of which is the 75 coolest goalkeepers of all time, which we'll come back to. But joining me today are three of the uncoolest goalkeepers of all time. (laughs) True. Classic football shirts have kindly given us some shirts to wear today. I'm wearing the 1994 Argentina shirt as won by Goico Chea in Maradona's last World Cup and I'll be nicking this, I'd imagine. James? I'm wearing the uh, Italy goalkeeper shirt from Italia 90 which was worn by Walter Zenga. Didn't obviously watch Italia 90 but I do have an affectation for Walter Zenga because he popped up at Molyneux to be our manager for a couple of months and he was completely useless <laughs> Had a brilliant shining bald head that sort of emanated light from the touchline, and we used to sing Zenga, Zenga, Zenga. It takes to the Premier, the Premier, <laughs> the Premier. So that's the way we like it. We, we like, like it. it. We, we like, like it. it. In fact, we fucking love, love it. it. We, we love, love it. it. We, we love, love it. it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a good shout, man. Good. But uh, moving on, Seb, what are you wearing there? This, <laughs> if if you're not aware, Seb, do you know what? I'm going to let him talk about it because this is psychedelic. It looks very warm, Seb. It it's not the day to be wearing a, a long-sleeved uh, 1990 goalkeeper top. but Padded. I padded think. as well, yeah. This is a Bodo Ilgner's oh. one from Italia 90, when obviously he saved the penalties against England. So I mentioned my previous World Cup semi-final high. This is very much symbolising my low, but I thought, why not? Because it's a bloody incredible design. And we will be talking about Adidas and their goalkeeper kits in the World Cup. In a, in a bit because they were all pretty special but this is certainly up there 
Yeah, Peter Shilton didn't save many penalties, did he? No, no, no. No, no. Really should have uh, brought Chris Woods on. And then, Tommy, uh, no surprise, you ran a fucking Man United kit. I think it was the first year we were sponsored by Nike, and I was really excited because I was always jealous of Arsenal when I was a kid because I didn't think Umbro was very cool. Now, in hindsight, as a 33-year-old... When old United shirts, Ombro is a lot cooler than Nike. Uh, but yeah, worn by Fabian Bartes, I think between 2002 to 2004. And of course, short-sleeved uh, because Bartes, I don't think I ever remember him wearing long sleeve. He might have been one of the first keepers to do that, right? Yeah, I think it should be outlawed, to be honest. Same as wicket keepers. You wear long sleeves in goal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You but look, Buffon you, and Casillas and... You look like I should be walking over there and kindly grabbing your head from behind and just <laughs> kissing the top of it. We can probably make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> Any, anyone who doesn't know, James referring to uh, Laurent Blanc superstitiously kissing Fabian Barthez's head in the um, before every game in the in the successful World Cup campaign of '98. So maybe we should do it before every record. Maybe we should. <laughs> maybe we should. <laughs> he can kiss your head and Seb can kiss my ass. <laughs> It'd be funny if I didn't know about that and I just wanted to kiss your head. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it would. Um... (laughs) Okay, we support these now. We support these now is a a long-standing Monday social vertical where we pick all sorts of teams, individuals, cats, dogs, spaceships, all sorts of things that we support. Occasionally, it's football and footballers. Today, it's a little bit more standard football because. We support goalies now. As mentioned earlier, it is to coincide with a goalkeeper's special. Goalkeepers are heroes, villains, the vilified, turned into comic book characters. They have unquestionably the most difficult and most individual role in a football team. The goalkeeper's union, uh, you don't have to be mad to be in goal, but it helps. All of that are sort of the cliches they talk about. But goalies, in the main, are fucking cool, right? Because they've got to sign up for a lifetime of doing that. They get... Most of the shit and only occasionally the glory. And quite often, people cannot remember them being there. When they are remembered, they sort of really stick in our brains because of the, some of the things they have to do. The penalty saves, the penalty misses, the shirts, the idiosyncrasies, the, the bottles in the corner, the hats, the big, beautiful gloves. Uh, maybe we just support goalie gloves now because if you've ever had a brand new pair of goalie gloves, I'm sure anyone listening to this, the stickiness, they're so big on your hands, you clap them, clap them together like that. When you catch the ball the first time in proper, like a proper pair of rouge or something yeah, yeah. like that, the feeling of catching it, you feel almost super, superhuman. And maybe that's it with goalkeepers. Maybe because they wear different tops and do different things. Maybe they're, they're a bit superhero when you're a kid and they're a little bit different. So yeah, issue 26 of Monday, a bit of a goalie special. And there is everyone in this list. There are the ones you'd expect, your Lev Yashins and your Big Nevs and Thomas Inconos, Jojo Bell, um, Harold Schumacher, although he's a bit of a baddie, uh, Oliver Kahn, De Volcanoes in there. There's a few random ones like Dino Allegro from the Hurricanes. <laughs> there is a Deuter Muller from Super Campiones, the, the the Japanese manga. Phyllis Vance from The Office, who memorably gets a ball in the face from Jim <laughs> uh, in an episode of The Office that Idris, uh, one of the ones Idris Elba is in. Uh, he stinks the gaff out, actually, is that character. It's <laughs> oh, horrible. Not great. Almost as bad as Will Ferrell turning up, but we haven't got time to talk that. Um, <laughs> yeah, one of our writers, Asad Raza, formerly of this parish, he'll be back on the podcast, actually. He's on the naughty step for a little bit, but because he kept forgetting his microphone in the lead, so we've had to uh, banish him for a while. He's uh, written a brilliant piece, actually, about how 
much he hates playing as a goalkeeper and how he traumatised his childhood and he's gone back out and, and spoken to a lot of different keepers to see if he can get over that. And for the photo shoot, James and Alex take, took it in turns dressing up as the Grim Reaper with a scythe, wearing a pair of Sondercos and uh, chasing Assad around a field. So <laughs> it's a brilliant shoot. You know, if we didn't care about selling magazines, we'd have probably put it on the cover and, and stuck it out there and then saw and then been disappointed as, as people who work in WH Smith had stuck it on the top shelf or the bottom shelf with the special interest magazine. So <laughs> we've, we've, got, we've gone for the 75 coolest keepers and it's beautiful. But yeah, you know, every segment today will be about keepers. But me, I'm going to ask everyone very quickly. I used to love going in goal. And then I broke my wrist when I was eight, falling off the spider at the local park. My dad came home and carried me back. By the time I'd gone back to school, a new kid had arrived. I'm not going to say his name because I still dislike him. <laughs> Dar- um, and he... I knew it was coming. <laughs> he became my nemesis. Um, in fact, one of the last times I saw him, after some provocation, I smacked him in, a, in, the, in the now defunct Carpenter's Arms in Bridge North <laughs> when we both played in the same team, which my dad managed. But yeah, he became my, my nemesis. And he was brilliant goalkeeper genuinely brilliant if he hadn't been such a bullshitter and a coward I think he may have made it as a professional but he was a bullshitter and a coward James do you like going in goal because I love it I do like going in goal but what I like more than going in goal is that feeling you get when you go to a work game for the first time or a game with your mates or a game with a bunch of strangers and you don't think you've got a goalkeeper and one turns up and one turns up and they're like oh I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go in goal and they get out there, get out the gloves from their from their bag, oh, start spacking their hands together. That feeling, and you mentioned superheroes then, it is like someone's turned up to save you. And never has that been more apparent than when our old colleague, James Wright, when I first played football with him, and it turned out that he was a goalkeeper. And I would, I would describe him as a reluctant genius. James Wright will never listen to this podcast. I don't think, will he? No, probably not, no. No, no. I, I, I know, I think he buys the magazine nowadays, but James worked for us for a long time. King Louis, um, a, lo- a lovely man, but James is right. When we when he said, oh, I can play in goal, and it was quite out of character, and then we would have lost, I reckon, that game about 51. Yeah. 50 to 1 if it wasn't for him. Yeah. Made some of the greatest saves <laughs> I've ever seen. And he had a little, I mean, you know, James is uh, he's into big coats, trainers, drumming. Korean games. Punk. But yeah. what a fucking goalkeeper. It was just an incredible football moment. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. I, genuine disbelief. And he had... How good he was. He had a little tick, didn't he? He had a little tick that yeah. when every time there was a shot that he knew that he didn't have to save, he'd judge to be going wide. He'd just go, nope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would. Yeah. Brilliant. Nope. Brilliant. How many a side was it? Sevens normally, Seven, sevens yeah. or nines. Yeah, it's like yeah. a three-quarter size goal. He was incredible. He was really and then good. Seb, weren't you known as... Didn't you have a nickname when you were goalkeeper at a previous employer? What were you called? The Frog. The Frog. The frog. <gasps> because I would try and... I would get down really low. To obviously, five aside. Low for goals, you. Goals, lows for me. And I'd be, like, jumping around, and they all thought I looked like a frog. But, um, yeah, I was the, the regular keeper, founder and regular keeper of the Capital Glovers, seven-a-side team. Ca- Capital Glovers being uh, Yeovil yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah, not Capital Lovers. That would be a very different uh, group. Um, <laughs> no, Capital Glovers. Not one that I've been part of no, in a long time. <laughs> yeah, we... we should... Chance would be a fine <laughs> thing. <laughs> but, yeah, I was, I was in goal, and I enjoy going in goal. But it's mad now, if you look at me, I'm six foot four, and... I had a big growth spurt around 15, like completely. When I, I'd actually played in goal for my for the B team for my year for about four years when I was really small. I don't know how I got away with it. I was just small and no one else could be asked. But tried to be like Les Seeley, but absolutely 
was just crap, really. More like Les Battersby. More like Les Battersby, <laughs> exactly. Exactly, and and yeah, but be being quite tall, and I've managed to get yeah, I managed to get back in back in nets, and I don't mind going. I don't mind going in goal, apart from the time at Stamford Bridge when some we had a match on the pitch, and because no one else would go in goal, I went okay, I'll go in goal, and it was a disaster. In the big goals, yeah, in the big goal on Stamford Bridge, <laughs> looking around, having to play in goal, going for God's sake, and just being crap, and like missing out on this like amazing thing playing on the Stamford Bridge. Pitch. You were playing on it. That's the thing. Think of all the people who'd like to play in Gala Stanford Bridge. And no, you're true. Now with your with your true. Up, with your upper team media values moaning about it. No, no, it's you've true. forgotten it's where you come from. You have Tommy, yeah. <laughs> and a true Chelsea fan getting to play yeah. at your home ground. You'd, you'd shed a tear now at that opportunity. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> looking at looking to see if Emma's watching you. Yeah. <laughs> Millie, Millie, will you come and help me take goal kicking? <laughs> goal keeping. Uh, I loved playing in goal when I was a kid, and you know you're talking about. The, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Roosh or Roish? Roish, Roosh. Roosh, Roosh. Mm. Roosh, Roosh. If anyone complains about it, then get their own podcast. Good yeah. point. Well made. Okay, we'll go for Roosh. I have those, you know, the replica Schmeichel ones, obviously being a Man United fan, so that's sort of off-white. Not in the list. Not Schmeichel. What's cool about He's not cool, actually. No, he's not cool. He's good, but he's not cool. Yeah, exactly. But he had those off-white and red ones off-white and red roof. Oh, I thought you meant he had some off-white goalie gloves then <laughs> oh, fucking hell that's he would have been cool then he would have been ahead of his time imagine he? that <laughs> Jesus Christ Peter, Peter Schmeichel rocking some off-white goalie gloves 30 years ago I used to spit on them just because he did but I thought there was a reason for it well I there know. is for grip, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. increases the tackiness of the material. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But for the seven pound ones, that would just fuck no, them no, up. No. Probably disintegrate them. Yeah, that's yeah. what it did. Yeah, later on, when I was about, we used to have a group called Competitive Kickabouts where all my mates in Manchester we would play seven or eight or nine a side, depending how many every week. And this went on for about four years. I got a very bad injury about a year and a half into this. I was always a centre back. And then I became a fully-fledged goalkeeper to the point where I did it at 11 aside, which even though a three-quarter goal of nine aside compared to full-size goal, like you were just saying at Stamford Bridge, it's such a massive difference. Yeah. Like at eight, nine aside, five aside, I'm not going to lie, I was a fantastic goalkeeper. 11 aside, shocking. Yeah. It's so hard, so scary in there. That, well, you feel so yeah. alone. I think we should move on. Yeah. Um, although I did see a mate once after eating a load of sweets and um, put goalie gloves on and start screaming and a wasp had got in there Ooh. and for the sugar and just kept repeatedly stinging him oh. and he couldn't get the glove off. Oh my just God. kept stinging him. I can still see it now. Some yellow, dimply, old school 80s goalie gloves. And what, we'd been eating uh, Mr. Freeze. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and he he said, "Come on, then we'll go. You know, we'd go off and we're going back out to another kickabout." And he put them on. Fucking hell! Just ah, just fucking sting, 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 all down his hand. Were they like Mr. Smithers afterwards? You know, when when he gets <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Stung, he's all swollen. That's horrible. Thank oh, me. that is yeah. That's giving me the shivers. Mundial joins the dots for football culture, and that's not a boast by us, but the words of an actual subscriber in our most recent reader survey. Why not see what they're on about and have a look at Mundial Magazine. 100 pages of global football magic released four times a year. It looks great, smells great, and the writing isn't bad either. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the show description to find out more. The Greatest Shirts, pretty self-explanatory. The Greatest Shirts is where we talk about The Greatest Shirts. And this week, not talking about an England shirt for once, Seb White. <laughs> No, absolutely not. Um, although they did play England in the Italian 90. Uh, Give it a fucking rest, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas 
Inkono had two incredible, incredible tops. He was the Cameroon number one. He'd been Cameroon number one in 82 as well. And he had been, spent most of his time at Espanyol, but he always wore black joggers, always wore black joggers. So that gives him an element of cool. Because remember, there was that Crystal Palace keeper used to wear grey joggers. and it Double just, Kirai. Yeah, yeah, just looked like he walked out of Sports Direct, you know, expecting to put some Lonsdale slip-ons on. <laughs> but um, <laughs> black joggers look good, look cool. But yeah, and Kono was obviously the keeper for that great Cameroon team that obviously beat Argentina. Not obviously. Let's tell, tell people about him. Who was in that team, Seb? Oh, well, I tell you, I, I always remember Benjamin Massing. I mean, I think it was the anniversary the other day of, of that game against Argentina. But you had, you had Benjamin Massing. You had, obviously, Roger Miller. If any of our listeners haven't seen Benjamin Massing's tackle... I mean, that's... Yeah. ...on Claudio Canizia in the uh, opening... Was it the opening game? Was opening it? game, yeah. The opening game of the 1990 World Cup. Canizia manages to hurdle two attempts on his life. Yeah. And then gets fucking obliterated by by. That's the right word. Obliter- it is by Massing Kinesia. I think his shoelace even came off. His, his boot comes off. Yeah, yeah. His boot comes off completely, and it's it that is incredible. But obviously they won. They beat Argentina. Then they you know they get out of the group stage. They beat Colombia, which was a, a shock as well. They ended up playing England in the quarterfinals. And when you look back on it, we had two penalties, England, and. It, it, that we were fairly lucky in that. As I remember it as a as an eleven year old just sort of nipping in and out between playing in the garden and going back yeah. and watch it. Cameroon I think they might have been the better team. But anyway, yes. Thomas and Kono, yes, the number exactly. one. Describe him to us, Seb. Describe him to people who who are gonna go off and second screen him and, and why should they care and what are we talking about with him here and, and what was he wearing? Yes, he always had his black joggers on and he had a great, great tops on. But he was he was very much ahead of his time, very comfortable playing on the deck, so to speak, comfortable coming out of his out of the box a lot. You know, certainly then we're still having the back pass for Italian ninety, aren't we? That's the last one, isn't it? He was a, a huge favourite at Espanyol. He joined them after the World Cup in eighty two and was there and still there now as a coach. He's an absolute cult hero of cult heroes. But the reason we're talking about him now, the two shirts. So in in the Argentina game, he has got this incredible grey and purple long sleeve goalie top on, which is absolutely topped off with fluorescent yellow Adidas three stripes and then the big the big Cameroon badge that looked just incredible on all the shirts. It's like Sean Ryder's designed the kits. Isn't exactly. it? It's like him and Bez have sat it, down. It's very of its time. Oh, it's so of its time. And that would be all right if it was just the one goalkeeper top. But the second goalkeeper top, which I think is the better one, mainly because its main colour is green. And I think all goalkeeper tops, certainly when I was a kid, were green. Less so now. But certainly, mainly because you were just wearing your Yeovil top to go in. No, they were. It's a classic. It's a, it's, it's a yeah, classic. It's a classic <laughs> colour. It, it evokes something in fans of a certain age to see a green goalkeeper. Yeah, it does. It, it it really does. And so it was green and black. But again, instead of yellow, like three stripes and and the yellow embossing of the Adidas badge, it was like a luminous pink. Again, another you know outtake from the the Bez and, and Sean Ryder kit designing session. It was but such it was such an amazing just thing, wasn't it? In those in in, in those World Cups, when you suddenly see teams and players and it, it's it's similar now but football has been is a lot more of a global game and we can see more of it but these teams you didn't really know anything about and you'd read about and you couldn't even probably play you know yeah. at that age you couldn't even place them on a map really and suddenly you're watching them on the biggest stage and it's like fucking Roger Miller going through and doing stuff like that and that was the the absolute joy of World Cups for me. Did you know about any of these Cameroon players? Beforehand, no. No, apart from that, so the Italian ninety, the the binder that's quite iconic now. I had that. I had that yeah. as well. And it, it would the same as you. Mine would have been chipped away exactly. after the tournament. My mum would have lashed it in the bin yeah. or something, guaranteed. It, but I think what you're saying there, what you're both saying about not knowing about these teams until you watch them in a World Cup, I still get that now. No matter how much I 
research ahead yeah. of a World Cup, mm. you still form new heroes every time you watch an international tournament because there'll be a Peruvian player who you've never heard of who plays brilliantly in three group games and you know you want him to do well. Yeah, no, that does happen. You, mm. you form new heroes of in, in, international tournament. I remember saying to a, an ex a long, long, long time ago and she hated football, hated it. And I wanted to watch the Euros. I can't remember, maybe it was Euro 2000. Um, and I was like, look, you've just got to pick pick a team to support, and then you're always you'll always like it. She sort of liked sport, just didn't like football. And I remind myself to do that all the time now. If I'm watching neutrals or tournaments, it's like, right, who am I picking? And I know that's not some revelation, but it always allows me to really root for something and enjoy it. But you're right about the the heroes. You know, if you've had a childhood obsession and then a, a teenage love, it's still an adult passion, and you still remember those players and the impact they've had on you. And I think it's not just about how they play the game. But the aesthetics yep. of it and everything, and I think you tune into different things as a young fan. And I think certainly being of that age and Italian ninety and World Cup ninety four, it, it has an impact. And and France ninety eight would have been the same for the next generation. And mm. you remember, you know, and you're so tied to that. Mine was, uh, you know, I think it must have been the two thousand two World Cup. Do you remember Canizares? He had to miss the World Cup because he dropped after. Oh on yes, his and foot. he fucking. And cut Casillas his foot. had just had the same sort of luck with Real Madrid. Two years before, where he played the Champions League final, he got called called from school as a 17 or 18-year-old to replace their first-choice keeper at the time. And then Canizares was going into... Because Valencia were you know, really successful in Europe and La Liga at the time. The Benitez days. Yeah. Mm. I was just really buzzing because, again, I don't know if it was... I loved the short sleeve thing because when I was growing up, it was, like I said before, Buffon, uh, Casillas, Bartes, all these sort of maverick keepers, and they all had not just short sleeves, but really, really short sleeves. And I was really rooting for Casillas, and I was wanting him to start that World Cup. Talking of, of, of World Cup memories, it's a brilliant, brilliant shirt, Seb. If, you know, anyone out there, go and have a look at Thomas Encono. Look at the way he looks. He is fucking cool as fuck. <laughs> We're going to go to Adventures in Clubland now. Um, Adventures in Clubland is sort of, it's an album title I stole off the internet. The easiest way to name sections for any budding young journalists out there. People think you've come up with them yourselves. Just get yourself on IMDb or something like that. Done. Uh, but it's Indian summers, it's loans, it's last chance saloons, it's players turning up in interesting places in their careers and, and sort of having the time of their lives or getting their careers back on track or... You know, with poor Joe Hart at Torino, maybe the opposite. But he's happy now after a spell um, at Spurs playing cricket in the changing room. He's now at Celtic and happy. But Adventures in Clubland, a goalkeeper special, James Bird. So we go into a man who sort of appears at World Cups like a genie from the lamp. Seb. It's, uh, it's Seb, yeah. It's Seb White. It's, it's Sebastian Dennis White. One of the one of the three uncoolest keepers I've ever met. No, it's, um, it's Guillermo Ochoa, Momo who is, for a lot of people, someone that they only see at World Cups, and that's for a very good reason, in that he plays fucking incredibly at them. So you might remember 2014 against Brazil. I think he put in, I think it was seven saves. Yeah. Four of them are incredible, including that one from Neymar, which is like that sort of Gordon Banks seaman save where... The, the ball's goal, gone behind. The yeah. goalkeeper's yeah. body's ahead of the ball and they claw it back. And, you know, he gets up with his brilliant curly dark hair and his tan, his headband in it, and a couple of the players kiss his forehead. As I was looking at the compilation of his saves against Brazil in that game, the top comment on that <laughs> compilation of saves was... Every four year, he rises from an ancient Aztec pyramid to haunt us Brazilians. <laughs> That's pretty good. Seb White's burner account. Yeah. 
<laughs> he did the same in 2018 yeah. against Germany. Played incredibly well yeah. against Germany. Again, just always looks fantastic. He's sort of like a child in goal, the way that he dives <laughs> around, he's constantly scrapping yeah. about. He's in love with goalkeeping, isn't he? That's yeah. what I always get watching him. Because, you know, you get... We all know some footballers do things because it's their job, right? Mm. And, you you know, some some players aren't that asked about it, right? No, absolutely. Fair enough. Ocho is asked about it. He oh, fucking yeah. loves playing in goal. Absolutely and he loves, loves playing for it. his country, but he loves playing in goal more than he loves doing anything. So where's uh, where's his adventure? Because he's at Salernitana right now, right? In 2019, <laughs> at the age of 34, he would have been. He went back to Club America, went back to Mexico, to the Aztec Stadium, back to where he was from. And everyone sort of thought that was him going home to roost. So he plays there for three or four years. But then 2022 World Cup... <laughs> Achoa appears again. He makes that save from Lewandowski oh, from yeah, a penalty. Yeah. Did he do much at Club America? Did they? Oh, they like they adored him. They absolutely adored him. Hometown, it, hometown club, hometown right? club. Like that's that's he played from two hundred times. I think before he came to Europe, has another three years at Club America. Puts in another brilliant World Cup performance. Mexico don't get out of the group, but he's he's their best player. He's also their captain now. Thirty-seven years old now. He comes back to Europe. He goes to Salernitana, who are... This is their second season now in yeah. uh, Serie A after 23 years away. They've folded something like four times in the last 30 years as well. Where um, is Salernitana? Yeah. In Salerno, just south of Naples. So he's, in a, ah. so he's in a beautiful part of the world, a part of the world that a lot of people talk about as similar to South, a lot of South American cities as well. And he's played absolutely brilliant for them. I think that they finished... 14th yeah they were 15th this season yeah. they were very very yeah. safe he had a big part in that he was in the Serie A team of the month for April um, <laughs> so yeah I just I just love the fact that he went back home to had this brilliant homecoming and then went do you know what I'm going to go back and have an adventure again and there was an interview with him recently where uh, the, the interviewer said because obviously the 2026 World Cup is in the States, and Canada Mexico. and Mexico. Oh, and baby. Ochoa said, I'm going to be there, baby. Yeah. I'm going to be there. Because we've always said about Monday, oh God, if we're still doing that in four years, something's gone wrong in our lives. It seems to think, I think we're always going to be doing this. Now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's nearly a decade now. And if we're not doing this podcast or a version of it from that 2026 yeah. World Cup and driving around in a big um, wagon yeah. exactly. of sorts, then things have gone wrong. Yeah, yeah, we, we've all got wrong. Yeah. So yeah, Guillermo Chara, Adventuring Clubland. Tell you what, mate, that was great. That was a good one. And I have only seen the first episode of it, but he's obviously in it. There's a quite random Club America uh, five-part, six-part doc, I think, on Netflix. Yes. I've only seen the first episode, and it's quite like... It's it's not like... I just thought, I'll never Football Club documentary. It'll just be a similar format, but it's... You didn't done... think that. <laughs> no, no, I just thought, <laughs> what am I going to watch now? Something football-related. Uh, no, but... It's it's definitely worth watching and and it's very it's very nicely done and I would de- yeah I'm going to start watching some more but he's definitely in it and that homecoming is a big part of it. Yeah. Can yeah. I ask you a personal question, Seb? And to be honest, I don't normally ask, but I'm pretending no, no. to be polite for the uh, benefit of the, yeah, the yeah. show. But does um does Rebecca have her yeah. own Netflix account? <laughs> so it's not a shared one. So the algorithm just isn't just all sports documentaries. <laughs> No, we share. We and Rebecca share one, but Ava does have her own one, of course. Yeah, Ava. Yeah, but that well, yeah. that has to be just the same as yours now, won't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, well, exactly. Because yeah. we just. Thought... Well, are you too tight to pay for the multiple ones so Rebecca can have her own? Yeah, I should. Yeah, you're right. Actually, uh, yeah. Oh well, I'm, I'm on. I'm on. I'm, I'm being recorded saying this. I'll have to do it now, won't I? But yeah, and it's staying in. <laughs> She's not listening to it. So <laughs> she did say the other day I, would, I might have to listen to it soon, and I was like, yeah, maybe there's a few bits that <laughs> you are mentioned, but only in a good way. It's always me that the. the 
the bottom of the joke. The, <laughs> the, the, the idea for Matilde of putting on a pair of headphones and still hearing me talk about football <laughs> is not a good one. My wife's never opened Mundell. Never opened a copy of it. It's probably for the best. Yeah. yeah. You say some things in there. I know I did. I, yeah, but she, she lives with me, James. We've yeah, been right. together a long time. I, I showed her Zach's illustrations. Not a Nepo, not a Nepo baby, just a good illustrator who does some stuff for us. But I did, and she went, "Oh, they're good," and that was it. Went back to chopping an onion, or, or <laughs> smoking a fag or something. I can't yeah. remember, but certainly wasn't interested. No. Well, I had it the other way, didn't I? Because obviously Rebecca worked for Mundial for a long time, um, like sorting out the subscriptions. And if yeah, over, oh, certainly early, this. certainly early days, Rebecca would have yeah. Well, we had packing magazines in garages, all also ringing Royal Mail. Oh, a thankless task. Well, yeah. a thankless task if you don't thank her enough. <laughs> Yeah, just they were good times. Back yeah. back to uh, Ochoa when Man United were going through the Tim Howard Roy Carroll debacle that yeah. happened for a, a year or two. God, we always wanted me and my brother always wanted us to sign Ochoa just because of Football Manager. Yeah, he had like a decent was it like a two million release clause or something like that, and you, he was one of them that you sort of knew from Football Manager before you actually saw him at a World Cup. Yeah. One of my favourite goalkeeper adventures in Clubland, actually, despite uh, my predisposition uh, to a dislike of the club, um, was Van der Sar at Manchester United because yeah. it's that he went from Fulham mm. and sort of... We had two or three seasons at Fulham when he was... Did he go from... He went from Juve. Yeah. But Ajax, Juve, Fulham. Yeah. United. And he, he played in goal when you won the European Cup, right? Oh, yeah. He was, I mean, a lot of fans. But it's such a weird trajectory. The Fulham thing just always stuck me as like, he was like one of the best goalkeepers of his generation. And it's true, yeah. You know what he does now? I know he, you know, you know he works at Ajax now, but he's a, yeah. he's, he's a big cyclist. He regularly posts his Stravas on his Instagram and he's just casually knocked out a 250k cycle <laughs> around the Netherlands. I believe he's just left Ajax. Yes. But mm. I would argue, and a lot of Man United fans would agree, that he's our greatest ever goalkeeper. Wow. Yeah, that's because Michael joined shit City and you're, and you're bitter. Possibly. But he does also looks like the main character in Ratatouille. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. yeah, he does, yeah. Fucking hell, he does. Mm, he yeah. does. That's the best ride at um, Euro Disney, by the way. The Ratatouille ride. <laughs> anyway. Oh, you went, didn't you? <laughs> I did, yeah. Yeah, it was brilliant. I loved it. We went on Hold it about on. three times. <laughs> Come on, Ava, you like this one. <laughs> Ratatouille 3D. You go in this sort of chair and you're sort of going round. You're pretending you're at Mouse Wheel. <laughs> And you go around. I'd, what was the um, thoroughly recommend it? What was the most you ate in one day at Euro Disney? Oh, when did God. you sit there thinking, "Fucking, I've had too much here"? Yeah, it was the mini, mini, yeah, Mickey Mouse pizzas. You know, like the shape. You know, you sent me a picture of that. I it looked particularly grim. <laughs> yeah, to be honest. yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. But then you're walking so much, right? That anything you eat is, uh, is you know, you're just, you know, I think I've got 20, 25, maybe, maybe not six Mickey pizzas, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it was, um, yeah, it was it was a special place. Uh, Two more goofy burgers, please, sweetheart. <laughs> <we are. laughs> yeah. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you looking to join a club? Well, how about Club Mundial? It's what we call our subscriber offering. And it's the best club in the world, we think. For only £10 a quarter, you get the magazine through your door, a tidy little membership card, 20% off all Mundial merchandise and discounts at classic football shirts, All Press Espresso, Art of Football and Percival Menswear. What more do you want? You also get priority access to events, subscriber-only merchandise and a weekly Club Mundial newsletter. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the description to subscribe today. We'll see you at the bar. A new section, uh, not new if this is your first time listening, but it's an also new old section, one we did in the magazine for a long time. And I, I, I can't for the life of me remember why we stopped it, actually. But um, random collectible football shite. This is born out of a, a collective love for club shop tat and Corinthian heads and weird mugs and trading cards and all, all types of stuff. And for this first one, Seb has bought me something I'm very excited about, but I haven't seen yet. So this is a live on-air reveal. Where's it gone? And he's forgotten it. He's, <laughs> and he's lost it. This is class. <laughs> oh, no. I've taken it out already. Sorry. Ridiculous. Here we go. Let me have a look at this. I've been very excited to get this. Look at it. This is this is over 100 years old. This is the only thing, apart from uh, Seb's attitude to women, that is over 100 years old that we'll ever have on the podcast. <laughs> this is... This is... <laughs> This there were maidens back then. There were maidens back in nineteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop talking about maidens. <laughs> this is the Princess. only. This is the only thing over a hundred years old we'll, we'll probably ever have on the on, on the podcast, unless unless people start sending us stuff in. But for one of the goalkeepers for issue twenty six, uh, I was adamant I wanted to write about uh, William Fatty Fulk, and Seb has just handed me. A, a famous footballer's Ogden's um, Ogden's being a, a famous tobacco of the time, so it's a famous footballer's Ogden's card of of William Fulk. So I'll tell you a little bit about William Fatty Fulk and why I'm sort of obsessed by him. When I was a kid, you know what it's like you you read your annuals and you read your magazines and things pop out and stick in your head. And, and for cricket, it was obviously W. G. Grace and then some other players because they're such larger than life characters and you see them and they just stick right the beard and everything and the mm. Corinthian cap, but. With him, it's because his name was Fatty, which now I realise is, is you know unkind. But he was will, he was known as William Fatty Fulk, and he was basically one of the first uh, superstars at the turn of the century. Started with Sheffield United, won the FA Cup with Sheffield United. That that season, it went to a replay. I think it was nineteen oh one or nineteen hundred. Doesn't matter. You you can have a look. And 
in the first game, incensed with the referee's decision. Fulk, not then at these 24 stone heaviest, but still a big, big man, from uh, born in Dorley and Telford in, in mine and James's parish. But oh. he was seen um, running bollock naked out of the dressing room, chasing the referee. They went and hid in a broom cupboard where Fulk tried to rip the door off its hinges <laughs> and had to be restrained by a load of concerned FA officials. He was Chelsea's first ever goalkeeper after he transferred down there. He used to walk around with his FA Cup medal on a ribbon round his neck. Yes. The FA didn't like him. He had got one England cap, although being talented enough to get more. He didn't give a fuck, Fatty Fulk, which is what I love about him. He's mm. like, you know, he's the ultimate. If his defenders weren't putting a shift in, he'd just walk off mid-game. I'm done. That's me done for today. Off he went. Opposing attackers got on his nerves. He'd just pick them up and throw them in the net so they couldn't score. And if things were really going wrong, he'd just bring the goal down and snap the crossbar in half. And that was what used... And that was his party piece, was snapping the crossbar in half. And, and that was what stopped him getting... Um, that was what stopped him getting more, more England caps. But it's a fucking beautiful thing, this is. I mean, he... But, like, he had a bit of a tragic end to his life and did William Falk. He... He died at 42 from cirrhosis. Post-career, he owned a pub and, and owned various other stuff. And at one point was a tourist attraction in, in Blackpool. So a bit of a beat the keeper, you know, like the, yeah. the boxing things of the day, you know, like, you know, yeah. fight the fight the prize fighter. Him, and yeah, himself. By the, by the end of his career, uh, down on his luck, he was a Blackpool Pleasure Beach attraction and people would go and try oh and beat the keeper. And this is when he was God. up to 23, 24 stone and, 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 and obviously drinking and, and, and eating a lot. But yeah, Fatty Falk, and I'd never forgot about him because I always remember him as a kid and it's one of those that sticks in your mind. And when, when we were doing the issue, I was like, right, Falk is in. And then Seb said to me, oh, I've just ordered a, a cigarette card. And it's, I can't believe it's 100 years old. Is over it, 100 that, years that's old. That's 1908, that one. 1908, it's 115 years old. And it's, yeah. I mean, he looks cherubic almost, but you can see there's a bit of menace there. <laughs> yeah. It's beautifully, but it's like, it's beautifully done, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. It's so the dark. thing that's, we get, you know, we see a lot of illustrations knocking around these days that don't look anything like the, yeah, the yeah. people they're meant to, and that's people using iPads and things to draw them. I mean, this is beautifully, beautifully done. Yeah. What, what's it say on the back? W. Falk, baby Falk, who gained his first international cap against Wales in 1897, was then playing for Sheffield United, for whom he has done his best work. Though in recent years he has skillfully kept goal for Chelsea and Bradford City. At one time he weighed 20 stone, but for all that he displayed conspicuous agility even against low shots. Height, 6 foot 2 inches, issued by Ogden's, branch of the Imperial Tobacco Company of Great Britain and Ireland Limited. Yeah, one of the one Amazing. of one of the, one of the first superstars. And yeah. it's in a uh, what? It's, it's in like a little protective case. Little protective case. Yeah, I mean, how much was how much was it, Seb? That was only twenty quid. Really? And there are other ones on there that are two hundred, three hundred quid. Are you going to try versions? Are you going to try and flip it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think it's such a lovely, lovely thing. You see sometimes pictures of a load of cigarette cards and stuff like that, and you just forget. How, like, the intricate detail, like you said, the illustration on it is amazing. And Owen's right. I knew about Fatty Folk because he was always in, like, those in football encyclopedias or... Yeah, Guinness Book of Records. Yeah, and... it would always be his name mentioned. Or in shoot, it was a very easy, did you know that England goalkeeper was 22 stone and all that. So it's definitely a name I recognise. And But a brilliant goalkeeper. Well, it has to be if you More play than for those anything. teams and for England. And six foot two, that would be... Tall, yeah. very tall. Back then, then, oh, like back then yeah, six, definitely. Seven. That's a good point. Like the, I was being quite glib before about what's in the cover story and talking about Phyllis Vance and, and, and people like that. But we wanted to create a nice rounded list because it would have been easy to just, you know, it's quite a subjective list because like, if you're doing serious list features in, in, a, in, a, in a magazine, whether it's a power list or a money list or whatever, you need to have a criteria. 
because then the criteria needs to dictate who's the top and who's the bottom and whatever else. Yeah. But if you're doing something highly subjective, which is our best work, then really it was about telling 75 good stories. And some you remember, but some of the longer ones we've told in there. And, there's, you know, it's, there's, there's, there's a lot to cram in. Some of the longer ones are more stories about people like Falk and, and people you wouldn't necessarily know or would have been forgotten mm. a little bit, whether they're modern or older and... And, you know, we haven't, been, we haven't banged on about Buffon for two pages. We don't need to. We've done a cover on him before. But stories like that, that's the joy of being of, of working in, in sport and working in, in, in football and working in something we love. He's been able to go back and ensure stories like that still get told for a new audience. Another new section. Welcome to Vollywood. Shouldn't need much explaining. Uh, welcome to Vollywood is where we talk about brilliant volleys from the past. And, and James Bird has been out on the ones and twos, round, around the internet, searching, ducking and diving. Trying to find a, a goalkeeper who have made who have scored a good volley, and my word, has he found one? My words, have I found one? I think that this is the greatest goal to ever be scored by a goalkeeper. So it's 2016. It is, and I'm sorry if the pronunciations are incorrect. It is Baroka FC versus Orlando Pirates. You know, that's how you say Orlando and Pirates. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a league game. I believe Baroka FC were struggling that season, and there's been five minutes added on, and uh, it's now the 95th minute, and Baroka FC get a corner. So what happens? It's that beautiful parting of the clouds the parting of the seas when a goalie gets the nod gets and the heads nod. into the heads into the penalty area going as fast as they can they're always lumbering oh, up aren't it's, they it's just brilliant so the goalkeeper that day is a man called Oscarine Masuluke anyway heads into the penalty area the corner in swinger swung in it's cleared it's a good like, corner it's a good corner but it's cleared Head, like their defender the Orlando Pirates defender gets there first heads it away and Masuluke is the ball's heading outside of the box and Mazaluke is running towards the ball. He takes one touch. But he lets it go over him, doesn't he? Yeah. He has the presence of mind to let the ball go sort of over him and then wow. drop in front of him, right? So he's exactly... But his momentum is going away from the goal at this point. Anyway, he bicycle kicks the fuck out of him. Flicks it up and bicycle kicks it. Flicks it up and flicks it up. Oh. So he's running away from goal. He's running away from goal. The ball's going over his head away from goal. He stops. The ball drops. He flicks it up and he fucking overhead kicks it back. And and like, scores. like not a loopy overhead kick. It's fucking fired into the. Not as Latam one. It's not as Latam. No, it's got some dip on it, but it's it's in no way a like a shinner or anything. Yeah, not like that one Rooney scored in the man's in the in the derby. And he runs runs to the corner flag Amazing. and then does this incredible dance celebration oh, it's, where it's like one one leg's twitching. And then that finishes, and then he just takes like five huge strides towards the corner flag like this. I'm thinking John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. It's, it's not. It's, it's a it's, bit it's. like that. And what it is is the ultimate expression of of joy from a footballer who, like all kids, probably you know, will have just loved to play in the game, and is now in a position where it means he's never going to get to do one of the greatest things about in the game. Mm. And he's gone upfield against Orlando fucking Pirates, like the big, you know, the yeah. team. The big boys. The yeah. team, right? Yeah. You know, I like, I think they have the most wins. Uh, we nearly went there a few years ago to do something. We did, didn't yeah. We? So over them were Kaiser Chiefs, didn't Yeah, it? them and Kaiser Chiefs, the, the rivalry is, is well spread. Not the, of, but not the indie band, just to clarify. No. But after this goal, you could predict a bloody riot. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Keep that. That's good. But there's 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 a couple of things that I want to talk about here. One is the technique that he strikes the ball with is just it's brilliant. Remarkable. It, it, it's look it looks like he's practiced it 
every day in training for 20 years, which obviously hasn't. But the other thing is, and I, th I, I would like to know the stats on this. I feel like goalkeepers score more goals than you would expect them to score when they go up for corners. And I know that a goalkeeper going up for a corner means that you've got a big numerical advantage, but I feel like it happens more frequently than it should do. I, feel... I don't think it happens. I don't think they... It's just always a surprise when they do, I think. And it lodges in your brain more. I spoke to... We, he's actually in this in this issue, so it's definitely worth me speaking about him, not just because he's Hampton and Richmond goalie, but... Alan Jules-Julian. Alan Jules-Julian played like 800 professional games, three, 400 of them in the Football League and then 400 in the non-league, right? Played at Wembley four or five times. One, I think, three times out of the four, I think. Anyway, he says... His, he's, you ask him what his best moment of career is when he scored a, a last-minute equaliser. He scored in an FA Cup game, right at the death. Like he went up and he scored, and he said, "I've been stood in so many like wet goal mouths, mud, and all that sort yeah, of thing." Getting shit off yeah. the crowd behind yeah. you, just to, for once. And he was a striker before when he was a kid. He was a striker, then then got put in the goal, and they went, "You're really good." And then he stuck it. He said, "Just that exhilaration was just like incredible." He just, you know, because it's not supposed to happen, is it? So it's something that's not supposed to happen. It's a it's a wonderful goal. <laughs> If you're enjoying this so far, you might want to subscribe to Club Mundell. It's our magazine subscription where we give you loads of free stuff and some discounts. James, why should they do it? Give them one reason. Because looking at a magazine is better than looking at your phone. Fantastic. Seb? You're supporting brilliant story writing that wouldn't ordinarily be done. Tommy? Because Mundell's the best in the business. I was going to say something else, but I can't. But I do like um, being able to go out for nice meals and buy trainers every now and again. So if you could carry on. <laughs> uh, Mundialmag.com, and we've got a new issue out coming soon. So you support Mundial now. <laughs> One evening this week, I was on the Mundial Twitter, something I'm not always allowed to do. I've had the logins taken off me a few times. But I do go on every now and again. And I saw someone, a random, but said... That this section I'm about to introduce should be called Get With The Programme. And I said, yeah, it's on the list. Do you know what? It's, but it's better than anything we've come up with. That's pretty, so, that's so good. So you know what? Get it, With The Programme. That's that's better that's than I, I thought Owen was going to say. And I replied, get your own podcast. <laughs> I, did, I, I did think of doing that, but it was said in such a nice way. No, well, he did. No, you did say, mate, if you're listening, you did say, you missed a tap in there from five yards out. All right, fucking hell. <laughs> You know, Jesus wept. Done two records this week. Yeah, it, well, exactly. There's yeah. no, you know, no, yeah. but no, no time to breathe. Get, get with the programme's very good. You know what? You've, you've won, mate. Get with the programme until someone else comes up with something better. So if this is your first listen, Seb buys old football programmes, lots of them. And this is Get With The Programme with Sebastian White. Who we got, Seb? Well, I thought as as we'd got a you know, cigarette card that was 115 years old. I thought I'd try and get a more recent programme because the ones I've done recently are in the 60s and 70s. So you got one from 1981. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> he may have made his debut in 80, 1981, to be fair, but I have in front of me the testimonial programme for Big Nev. Neville Southall, one of the coolest keepers when he was a player, certainly now, you know, what he's done... Post, post his football career. A champion of the maligned and misrepresented Absolutely. and underappreciated and mistreated to do what he's done oh. over the last few years and give his Twitter account over to, to people who need a voice and getting a lot of abuse off the, you know, the, the, the worst of Twitter and, and to continue yeah. doing it because it's all right 
doing a bit of virtue signaling every now and again, isn't it, right? And and doing something to, to do the work all the time that Nev does. I think we've described him in the mag as uh, loves dogs, loves the toffees, hates the Tories. What a fella. Yeah, that's brilliant. And that was Dan, not me. I'm not going to take any credit. Big Nev, tell us Just... about it. Tell, so, Seb, when was his testimonial? Who was playing and how much did it cost? Before you go off on one, Before let's get some details. Let's get the salience in. Testimonial. Tuesday, August the 1st, 1995. Bloody so they've just me. won. They would have won the FA Cup two or three months before, wouldn't they, against United 1-0. The Dogs of War. The, exactly. They're playing Celtic. Uh, and it's it's quite unusual. An A4 programme. You know, a big occasion for Big Nev. They've gone gone A4. This cost £7.50. Uh, on the night, it cost £2. So, yeah. You've been out. Possibly, but um, I needed one ASAP for, for, for a quick record that wasn't in the diary. But uh, no. Let's talk about, so I want to have a look. You went to the, the back there. I'd like to go to the yeah. back first. You could pass it me over a second. Yeah. I'd, I'd just like There's to... some great names in there. So I'm just going to take you through the lineups. It's Everton v Celtic. So Everton is um, Neville Southall, Earl Barrett, Andy Hinchcliffe, David Unsworth, Dave Watson, Gary Ablett, uh, God rest his soul, Graham Stewart, Paul Rideout. Big Duncan Ferguson, vegan. Uh, Barry Horn, <laughs> Anders Limpar. What a player Anders Limpar was when he what could be player. asked. Daniel Amakachi, Jason Kearton, John Ebrill, Matthew Jackson. And then on the bench, Andre Konchelskis, Joe Parkinson, Stuart Barlow and Craig Short. Celtic team. Wow. I mean, I'm not going to go through them all, but in goal, Pat Bonner, also in Still. Our, our magazine this month. Yeah, Pat, Still a key. Pat Bonner. Oh, my God, he's absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> Paul McStay, number nine. Pre going on, did he go on strike at Celtic as well? Pierre van Hooydonk, or did he just go on strike at Forest after leaving he, Celtic under a cloud? I think he may have been angling for a move to Forest. Where Pierre van Hooydonk, me and Seb met Pierre van Hooydonk. Oh, well, God, he's fucking gorgeous, isn't he? In the handsome flesh, man. oh my handsome God, man. alive. He looks like a zany science teacher. <laughs> Yeah, from, from you know, as any school these size. days. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah. when was it you met him? Hair's a bit grey. About three, four years ago. Uh, he very much captured my imagination as a very young football fan when he was yes. playing Forest. Pierre Van I saw him live twice. Big Nev, Seb. Yeah, so it's a, you know it's a four. They've gone, they've gone for it. But I think this shows the type of man that Big Nev is. This essentially is they've just got different tributes from everyone. Everyone, you know, not just from Everton players or Everton staff. They've got tributes from the media. Bruce Grobelar's done one. Managers he's played under tributes from Ian Rush, you know the the, the striker he denied numerous times, and it's just well they had a right old battle, didn't they? Because I mean Ian Rush still holds the record for goal scored in Merseyside, yeah. Club, isn't he? Said if it hadn't been for Nebel, I'd have scored three times as many. <laughs> exactly, and yeah, to... Rush scored a lot of goals in in, in Merseyside <laughs> yeah. derbies in the eighties. I mean hat tricks and you know a lot of goals. So I think that you know there's Joe Royal in here as well. There's just tributes to a man, and it's only at the end you get actually Nev. It's typical Nev okay. two. Of Liverpool's finest blue comedians. Great. <laughs> but I think they mean supporters rather than their material. Mm, uh, yeah, I think it's probably uh, a bit but of probably both. Imagine, yeah. But the fact that it's only at the end where he's just sort of saying thanks to everyone because he's just so, he's just one of the nicest guys. And I think you mentioned Ian Rush there. Ian Rush has also contributed to a brilliant documentary on the BBC. It's only 20, 25, 26 minutes about, about Nev. Nev. Yeah. It's, just, it's just brilliant. So I would direct everyone to that. What I would say is it's lovely as well. They've got people, kids to send in drawings of... Stuff like this doesn't happen enough in football anymore. No. You used to be able to do it in Shoot magazine and stuff like that, didn't you? Draw, send a drawing in. None but, of them look like him, but they're all done with like such childlike joy. I mean, 
That one there, the one in, in the one in with a bit of colour in. Look at the boots. That's how I used yeah. to draw football boots when I was a kid. Big old, brilliant, isn't it? Big old pegs on there. Big old studs. I think it's yeah, it's a perfect program for arguably a perfect keeper on and off the pitch. I think he's what he's done. And do you know what? Foolishly, I don't actually know how the how the, the match turned out, but um, I imagine it was an amazing occasion for for a great man. But the last thing I will mention, well, it might have been shit. A lot of a lot of testimonials. No, that's are, true. But... Actually, testimonials aren't pretty. Yeah, you have a look, Tommy. Rebecca's but... jewelers. Rebecca's jewelers. Um, this is typically oh, old school. Wow. This advert. Woohoo! Now this... we're talking. <laughs> this is the this is the stuff. <laughs> this is what you get in mid nineties football programs. Look at Pro- Duncan before, Ferguson there. before footballers. Got too aware of their That's their own. Ferguson. That's, We've got yeah. David Unsworth and Duncan Ferguson advertising Rebecca's wow. Jewelers, including one of them a nine carat gold Everton signet ring. But with I'm assuming that is Rebecca in the from Southport. Yeah, the Jewelers. Duncan Ferguson has immaculate curtains in, and double denim. Double denim. Very handsome. Incredible. Man. And David Unsworth as well. The game was uh, two all. And uh, Nev's daughter, of course, was the official mascot, but she sulked and would not kick the ball in the warm-up. Uh, so the ball boys came to help out. Cute. Lovely. That is. I remember seeing Neville Southall play for... I mean, how many times he retired before he played for Bradford? He, he was goalkeeping like... coach and he came back, wasn't he, at, at, at one point? But he was, um, I think, an, you know, anyone who's listened or, or you know, who reads a lot about football will understand how good Neville Southall was. But having watched him quite a lot... He was phenomenal, you know. Yeah. He was just phenomenal. commanding, idiosyncratic in the way he did things, but technically perfect, fast, ex- really explosive, agile, commanding, great kicker of the ball, great distributor, just like fucking such a presence in goal. And he was he was as good he was as good as it got. There was no one could um, no one could touch him really. And there were some good goalkeepers knocking around at the time, but you know, and it. He was. He was. He, he, he was the. He was the best in the world. And he wore some amazing kits as well. I mean, look at this other photo. Yeah. Him on the front cover. He's got what I believe to be. It's either a rugby shirt or a red umbro drill top. What is it? With a rugby shirt underneath it, I think. So it's a, a drill top with a rugby shirt underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. A cracking little hat. Some beautiful gloves. That white, almost pearlescent, mitre ball. I mean, look at him. He's dressed like me in the northern quarter, basically. Yeah. He. He looks good. Yeah. Looks his moustache. Tracky bottoms tucked into his socks. Yeah, and to plough his own furrow in the eighties, you know, being being a teetotaler in the eighties oh. dressing rooms, and, and and was he? Yeah. Oh god, no, proper like go and have a glass of milk, wouldn't he? A cup of tea. After just... the cup finals, they would all be like, "Oh, we're going to go on the piss." He would. I think for the ninety-five cup final, he stayed for half an hour and went home to have a cup of tea with his missus. Bit of pub ammo here for you. The referee is Keith Cooper from Ponty Breed, who was Premier League referee at the time. Anyone know what happened to his son? Charlie Cooper. No. No. Kevin Cooper, who played for Wolves. Bradley for a bit. Cooper. No. Steve Cooper. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. A good man. Bloody hell. Yeah. A very good man. Yes, a very yeah. good man. Yeah, as before. Man. You know, two good men. Big Nev, Steve Cooper. Very, very good man. But yeah, Big Nev, fair play to him, man. Just, just carries on, just fucking. One of the greatest keepers of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That shadow, yeah. Uh, I wonder if he's spoken across, you know, Europe, Spain, Italy in that, in that way. Different times. Yeah. If anyone hasn't, I would also watch Howard's Way. The documentary oh. about that Everton team—it's as good, it's as good as football documentaries get. 
the last thing I just want to say about uh, Big Nev is that for me, he has the aura of the kind of person that you get at football, at Saturday football clubs or at cricket clubs, who is that stalwart man who is always there. And they are usually a man, but in my experience, and they are someone who has played for the club or been at the club since they were very, very young. Everyone offers them a drink. Played for them yeah. and offers them a drink. He's always making the tea, the, the cups of tea for people at the end of the game. He's always making sure that the telly works. He's making sure that someone's got a lift home afterwards you know what I mean he's that sort of caring big looming figure that sort of institutions and communities have enjoying this podcast but not really ready to subscribe to a print magazine well you need the Mundell gateway drug why not sign up to our weekly newsletter you'll get exclusive writing discounts recommendations and some really really random references follow the newsletter link in the show description and see what you're missing out on. Time for the quiz. Tommy Stewart's quiz. If if anyone is listening out there, we probably need a name for this. I think it's who played at at the moment. So the concept of the quiz, very quickly, is I will name a match in any point in history, and I will name a position for one of the teams, and these three will have to guess who that player is. So, are you ready for the question, everyone? First, a quick reminder of the buzzers. Let's start with Seb. James. Do 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 to go. Owen. Keepers. <laughs> very good. Very good. Very That's good. good. I really enjoyed Macho Man, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's topical. I like it. Get your own podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some <laughs> too many <laughs> too many so, as I was saying it I thought that oh he has he has actually yeah yeah about five uh, of the fuckers yeah, anyway. yeah. <laughs> 14th of May 2022 oh, oh Christ Newcastle versus Manchester City oh. in the Premier League who played in goal for Manchester City keepers Scott Carson boom did he actually play yeah. He actually played again. He's just said yes. He's no, no. One, he's <laughs> no. one. He, he had two appearance. He's had two appearances for Manchester City in all the years he's been there. One was the Champions League match, and one was that one. You know what? Fucking funny. I'm good at this, isn't it? Yeah. Straight away. Owen Backhurst has the best power of recall of anyone that I've ever yeah. fucking met. It's, Definitely. And it, I, I'll be honest with you. Dangerous. It, it can be very tiring. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't for, no, it doesn't forget anything. It, 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 can, be, it can be very, very tiring. <laughs> okay, that's me fucking streaking it. Nine points, top of the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you get three points per question? Yes. Bird's eye view of Man, of man City, Pep Guardiola. Bird's eye view? He's not up in the sky. No, 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 no you're not, yeah, not a bird's eye view. Sorry. What, do they, what, do they ha- what do they make him fucking, <laughs> fucking sit in a perch in the dressing room? Bird's eye view. Like, who's that out there? That's got to go. Did you mean fly on the wall? He, he meant fly, fly on, on the wall. wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bird's eye view. I reckon he does get. I reckon he gets paid P, man. You're you're a 32 year old father, James. Stop P. <laughs> Frozen peas. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Stop pretending you're on top, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Ins and outs. Um, these three are going to say one in and one out each. Seb White, in. In. Tetris. Fucking hell. <laughs> For two reasons. Two reasons. What I watched the film on Apple TV. It's about Tetris and how the whole thing came about. It's incredible. Cold War, Russia, Moscow, all this stuff. Brilliant film. Well worth your time. Well worth having another subscription to another okay. streaming platform. Fair enough. It's on the list, so I will watch that. Number two, it makes you realise how 
fucking good Tetris was. It took me straight back to like games have obviously gone completely different level, but Tetris so simple, so brilliant, so brilliant. You're right. I want to, I want to play it again. And you will. And I will. Yeah, there must be an app on there somewhere. But yeah, Tetris. Do you know what? Oh, in. <laughs> Fuck it, James. Irons. <laughs> When West Ham won the Europa Conference League in Prague, I thought that, yeah, all the chanting was brilliant. Sure, big celebrations, the flares, everything. But what I thought was most special was seeing David Moyes' dad head onto the pitch and the elation and pride that he had for his son. So I don't think, you know, dads are ever out. Maybe dads are sometimes out, actually. Um, (laughs) But I think dads are in and the special relationship that, uh, sons and daughters have with their father. As soon as I saw it, all I could think was David Moyes Senior, him and the love of, for the game he had passed on to a young David Moyes growing up in Scotland. And, you know, I mean, Moyes, he had sort of, he didn't quite make the grade at Celtic, did he? Um, but his dad would have been his, you know, I'd imagine looking at the, the way they react, he would have been his biggest fan, his biggest supporter and took him all around these places. And, you know, for him to be there when Moyes, who's, you know, we talked about it before. He's had a bit of an up and down managerial career, and you know, I thought what, what I thought what Declan Rice said about uh, mm. Moyes was he came in once and saved us, yeah, and then we had the Pie stuff, and then he came back again and then saved us again, and now this he's got to be our greatest ever manager, and just just what a lovely, I just what a lovely thing to say. I think, yeah, seeing him, hugging him, like fucking great, like it's 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 everything. When you remove all of the nonsense from it, it's what football is all about. The link between fathers and sons and mothers and sons and mothers and daughters and fathers and daughters and um you know which we've all had and all got and have all had both ways and, and, and passing on i think it's beautiful and yes david Moyes and his dad are very much in. good right tommy sorry fucking <laughs> hell caught me there are you quiet yeah they are yeah quiet. yeah it it was emotional it was it was an emotional yeah. thing to see the way he said that really, yeah. really shook me because you just get thinking about your own don't you yep. yeah yeah <clears throat> right Mine is Tim Robinson, um, <laughs> something completely different. I thought you said Tommy Robinson. <laughs> Christ. Uh, Tim... the script and went, no, it's definitely Tim. <laughs> James, now I know that you're down with the kids using words like P. Uh, and others. So funny. Uh, has anyone else here watched Tim Robinson? I think you should leave on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. Yes. For me, it is the funniest programme in probably since It's Always Sonny or Curb came out in the early 2000s. It makes me laugh when I'm on my own. Like... That's a good measure of how funny a show is if you laugh a lot when you're on your own. But I cry laughing. I've already watched the new season three times. And, yeah, he he just has to be him. because, And he also seems like a really lovely man, mm. I think. He's a skater. He's very cool, but very weird. I've not seen it, but in. Tommy, what's your out this week? Mine is preachy, patronising Mark Wahlberg, showing his prayer book, uh, saying what time he gets up in the morning, making normal people feel bad about their own lives, and posturing, and he is annoying. He's not even that good an actor. Good in The Departed. Okay, I've got some opinions on that film that I won't go into now, but that, that, is, a, that is an overrated film with a lot of bad accents, and it was one of those films that Scorsese just got the Oscar for because he hadn't had one in a while, or he'd never had one. His and, accent's good, though, because he's from Boston. He's good. He is good in that, but in everything else, I think he's shit, and I just don't like this whole thing of you have to get up at this time. It's like the same as the high-performance thing. It is. It, Out. Just, yeah. Out. Seb, what's your out this week? Um, early 90s goalkeeper tops in very warm <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why? Let's just say it's been a hot one. <laughs> oh, bet, you, bet your back's like the. Bet you, I bet the small of your back and your ass cracks like the fucking Nile, isn't it? 
Out. <laughs> James, what is your out? My out this week is when you play five-side, seven-side football against someone who is clearly more usually a rugby player and they've got fucking massive thighs that are exploding out of their tight grammar school shorts. And they're always, they've always got heavy cotton shorts, haven't they? Yeah. Yes. They're not wearing football shorts, they're wearing rugby Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. They're not wearing football shorts. You can tell, you can tell within 30 seconds of getting to the pitch and you look at them and just go, oh, fucking hell. At some point, a... at some point, that fucking ham hock is taking me out. And... Because spatial awareness is different. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> no, it's exactly that. It is exactly that. You can tell immediately, even if they haven't got, if they've got football shorts on, you can tell within thirty seconds of the game kicking off who is the player that you like used to play rugby more than they did football. Well, absolutely. And 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 a, a randomer had commented on Facebook, "My passion is rugby." On the podcast link we put up, just that. <laughs> yep. Fucking hell. Fuck. Yep. So it's starting, boys. Oh, they will soon be after us and um, we'll soon you know we might be doing live shows and running the risk of being turned into a lampshade by random rugby players <laughs> around the country <laughs> so um, non-footballing footballers in tight shorts with big thighs who are going to take you out out yeah it's a good one that it hurts so much as well when they do it and you find bruises the next day or three days Tight later shorts. that you didn't you like how did that even get like, there they lead into tackles with their yeah. shoulders yeah so like even if it's a 50-50, instead of going in with their foot, their shoulder's just there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. This has been reminding you why you love football. Thank you for listening. At Mundial Mag on Twitter, at Mundial Mag on Instagram, at MundialMag.com to potentially buy the magazine. Classic football shirts for all your classic shirts. Rate, listen, share, tell your mates, tell your enemies, tell your mom, um, get the word around. Uh, we've been really encouraged so far by the reception. There's more of you listening every week, which is great because as soon as it's less, we will be in the shit. And um, I was going to say, Seb will have some explaining too, but let's face it, it'll probably be me. Recorded at Spiritland. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Reminding You Why You Love Football is a Mundial production for Football Co. Original music by Harry Harris, produced by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run.